Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. We'll get back to your calls in just a couple of moments. If you missed the Dr. Sabah swan song to Taylor Heineke, go hit that Odyssey Rewind feature. I'm sure Matt will put it up as part of the podcast, maybe isolate it or not. I don't know if we're going to see Taylor Heineke. I mean, we'll see him. He'll be in a Falcons uniform. I don't know if we'll see him on the on the field at all. Certainly not to start. Desmond Ritter is going to get that. Joining us right now. He is the host of the Believe in Falcons podcast and a writer for the Falcoholic. He's Will McFadden, and he's with us on the BetQL guest hotline as we do a little eye on the enemy on this Friday the 13th. Hey, Will, it's Chris Russell back here in D.C. How are you? Thanks for doing this. Yeah, I'm doing well, guys. Thank you so much for having me on. A swan, yeah. a swan song for Taylor Heineke, that is that's quite something. Huh? Yeah. So, so the back, so the backdrop is this. Uh, so, uh, Sabah, who uh, is one of our frequent callers, right? She's a doctor in Raleigh, North Carolina. She loves Taylor Heineke like nobody else could, like even his mama couldn't. Uh, and she is so bummed out that he's been not given a fair chance in her eyes. So she came up with a parody song. Uh, in the mode of welcome back, you know, the old, uh, you know, welcome back, welcome back. Even though he's not coming back yeah. here, I, I mean, I guess he's going against his now former team in his hometown or sort of his hometown uh, for the Falcons, but he might not even play. So that's what we deal with here, you know? Yeah, I mean, hey, I, I totally get it. We were going through uh, probably still something similar with, with Matt Ryan, totally different player than, than Taylor Heineke. Right, but when you finally go back and then they're they're gone, there's uh, a big hole left in your life. No and, doubt, uh, the Falcons are trying to fill that with Desmond Ritter. Y'all are trying to fill that with Sam Howell. We'll see how that goes on Sunday. No doubt about it. All right, let's talk about Desmond Ritter because uh, you know some of us from the outside thought maybe just maybe he'll be benched. Uh, and that'll allow that storyline to go through. Not going to happen. He obviously bounced back with a great game on Sunday. The touchdown rushing early kind of took him a little while to get the oil running through the engine, but when he did, uh, found Pitts, uh, of course, uh, Bijan Robinson on the little shovel toss inside the five-yard line. Let's just take Ritter first. What have you seen? What are, your, what are you thinking now after a good performance and a come-from-behind win against Houston, and what do you kind of forecast here moving forward? Yeah, Chris, I mean, I feel like hopefully this is something that can be built upon moving forward. And I know Desmond Ritter gets uh, a lot of the attention, and that's 
life as a, as a quarterback in the NFL, for better and worse. But I do feel as though the Falcons' offense overall, schematically in kind of the past game, took a step forward on, on Sunday last week against the good Houston team, um, a, a team that has been a little bit surprising to start the year. And I think that what you really saw was just some of the change-up pitches that the Falcons had maybe been working towards in the first four weeks, and now that they had kind of developed some of those tendencies that teams were starting to, to key on, a lot of the over-the-middle passes, obviously, you know, a, a run game that is first and foremost the main point of attack for Atlanta, defenses knew what to expect, and they were taking it away. And so you saw the adjustment more outside the numbers passes, more tight end screens, more running back screens, things that threw the defense off based on what they were expecting. And I think that really played into Desmond Ritter's strengths really well. Um, I saw an evolution from his game in a few areas I wasn't expecting. His hard count uh, got Houston to jump four different times, I think, in the game. And a couple of times there, there were multiple defenders who jumped on the, uh, on the hard count. So, Obviously, you know, that could be a, a big factor on Sunday, but it's just hard to tell with a one-game sample size. Is this, you know, smooth sailing ahead for Desmond Ritter and the Falcons offense, or was this, you know, one game where you saw much more of the good than the bad, but all it takes is the next week for the bad to right. crop back up. So everybody is, is, I think, optimistic, but it's a very much an atmosphere of, all right, let's see it again. Let's see it again after that, and then we're ready to kind of buy in on Desmond Ritter as not necessarily the long-term guy, but somebody who can get the Falcons where they want to go. And really, this is kind of similar from a Sam Howell perspective, right? I I mean, Ritter was drafted higher, but he's only got a couple more games of experience. As a matter of fact, when Atlanta played here in late November last year, Marcus Mariota was still uh, the starter. So he's got a little bit more experience than Howell, uh, but not much more. And he was drafted higher than Howell, so whatever that ultimately means. It means that he's still going through a lot of the same ups and downs and the pro- and, and the process, if you will, that Sam is here in Washington. Yeah, it's a great point. And, I mean, I think it's – so what's interesting with Desmond Ritter is that he started the last four games of, of last season. Mm-hmm. And so I think a lot of people going into this year expected him to look much more like a, a second-year quarterback. And in, in some aspects, he has, right? I just mentioned the hard count. That's a nuanced – part of quarterback yeah, play, absolutely. especially in the NFL. And, but it, it's also very fair to remember that he made his ninth start last Sunday. On Sunday against y'all, that'll be his 10th start. I mean, that's not even close to a full season. So there is very much a, an air of, of kind of patience, but the patience can wear thin when it's, when it's the quarterback. When you've got a good backup like Taylor Heineke, who was obviously brought here for a reason, you know, then the calls become a little bit louder quicker. After the Falcons went three and out on their opening possession last Sunday, I mean, there were legitimate boos mm-hmm. uh, raining down from the, the fans, which I was surprised about. Sometimes it's hard to tell because young way Koo, the Falcons kicker, right. when they trot him out there, you get a lot of coos Koo, and yeah. you know, the boos and stuff, right? But, but that was not the case. There were clearly boos at the Falcons offense, and then they kind of clicked from there. Uh, so, again, Washington's defense poses a little bit of a different problem than Houston did, so I'm really curious to see if they can 
kind of repeat that. But your point about Sam Howell and Desmond Ritter, I mean, it's it's a great comparison because it's two fan bases and two teams that are hoping that brighter days are ahead. And you've got a quarterback who has shown glimpses, but just not the from beginning to end fully polished product that you see from the best quarterbacks around the league. And so when you don't have that, you start getting antsy. No doubt about it. Will McFadden with us uh, on the BetQL guest hotline, host of the Believe in Falcons uh, podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, also writer for uh, the Falcoholic, uh, which is a, an interesting name. Uh, I like it. I like the creativity <laughs> there. Uh, tell me about I – mean, listen, we, we, I think a lot of us know about Drake London. Uh, I think um, – you know, Matt Collins, obviously a, a part of the mix. They're bigger, more physical receivers. Kyle Pitts came alive a little bit, but everybody's fascinated and rightfully so by Bijan. Uh, and he's not, you know, of course, Algier and, 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 uh, uh, and and my guy Corderell Patterson are part of the mix too. I don't want to leave them out, but everybody's fascinated by Bijan. We saw the behind the you know hip. Uh, shovel toss pass catch uh, the last week we saw the fumble or most of us saw the fumble I was watching it live um, is he everything you expected or is he more than what you expected he's he's both which is a horrible answer but he's everything and more it's okay I mean the the behind the back catch so I was fortunate enough to have been there in person uh, I want to say it was 2010, 2009, the Meineke Car Care Bowl between North Carolina and West Virginia, featuring T.J. Yates as the quarterback of the mm. North Carolina Tar Heels, who is now the wide receivers coach here uh, in Atlanta. But Hakeem Nix, former New York Giant, mm-hmm. had a short career kind of in the league, but uh, one of the greatest college football players, had a catch very similar, where he kind of almost like passed it between his legs mm-hmm. to, to make the grab. That was the first thought that I had on that Bijan Robinson mm. catch because I was sitting right there in the press box. It happened kind of right in front of me, and, and you could see it happen in real time. And I was like, how on earth did he not only hold on to this ball, but he almost used it? He was like, cool, you're going to do this. Let's go with it. Let's, let's see what happens. Yes, and. And he just used the little ball placement to fake out the defender and then keep going. He does things like that about three or four times a game, and they're not going to be – you know, the 65-yard touchdown run that maybe a Saquon Barkley is. He hasn't broken one of those yet. I don't know if he has the long speed to really break a ton of these, you know, 50-yard touchdowns. Will, he hasn't taken on the commander's defense yet. (laughs) Well, who knows? You know, maybe, yeah, maybe Sunday. That's the uh, the day that's coming. But it's he has some of the most impressive, like, Mm 17-yard runs Mm -hmm. you'll ever see. Mm. and it happens frequently. It happens with regularity, and he's such a weapon in both the passing game and the run game that you know fans are not going to have to wait long at all on Sunday to get a taste of, of Bajan. He is the focal point of the Falcons' offense so far. I think, candidly, even with Kyle Pitts, even with Drake London, I think he's the best player on the Falcons' offense by far. Um, I should probably mention Chris Lindstrom among those, uh, that group, because that's kind of the, the quartet right. of, of talented players that Atlanta has. But he is everything that I think the Falcons wanted. Uh, you can quibble a little bit with the value when you've got guys like Devon A. Chan um, kind of emerging. You've got, you know, different rookie running backs around the league. Like, there's always going to be that question about was number eight the right place to take a player like this? But 
by and large, the Falcons got an incredibly talented football player on their offense, and I don't think fans are going to be quibbling, you know, with that for for too much longer because he's just so much fun to watch. Yeah, no doubt about it. That's really good. Uh, good breakdown. Um, Will McFadden with us uh, as we talk about the Falcons. Little eye on the enemy. Uh, before we run out of time here, I wanted to ask you about this defense. They're low in sacks. I think they're, uh, I want to say, second worst in the league, I, I, I believe was the number I saw. I think it's only like five or six sacks, whatever it is. Uh, and, of course, we know this commander's offense gives up a ton of sacks. But what I was impressed by, what I watched on tape, what I saw live last Sunday uh, while uh, not having to deal with the commanders on red zone, uh, and and then I went and checked, they do put pressure on the quarterback. They just may not be finishing it off is that a fair assessment or are those numbers because i think they're second in the nfl in terms of hurry percentages according to pro football reference is that fair or no it's completely fair i mean this is a a defense that has been able to generate pressure on the quarterback they've not been able to get the quarterback down whether Mm. whether that's you know a byproduct of the quarterback they've been playing younger guys a little bit more mobile or whether it's just the product of some of the guys the Falcons have are a little bit long in the tooth as, as far as pass rushers. Yep. Maybe that closing speed isn't there. Maybe it's one thing or another. But the Falcons have been making life a little bit hard on themselves defensively. They've just been coming through. You know, they've been getting into third and two, third and one, and then they make that play. That's not an easy way to live in the NFL. It's much easier to get a sack on first down, and now it's second and 15 and the offense is immediately behind the eight ball or you get turnovers you do things like that the falcons are just kind of getting off the field because they play three downs better than the offense does and as i was looking ahead and kind of doing some advanced scouting with washington i really think second down is going to be the key here for washington's offense or atlanta's defense whichever unit if Washington's able to play Canadian football and kind of pick up a first down on two downs, that is going to make life very hard on Atlanta because Atlanta has not been great defensively on first and second down. Mm. They are really, really good on third down. And Washington and, stinks on third down. Exactly. But Washington's been pretty good on second yes, down. Yes, they have. You kind of look at the success rate, yep. the EPA, all of that stuff. So, again, I think second down is going to be the money down for both teams here. If Atlanta – can get Washington into third and three or shorter, that actually favors, I think, the Falcons a little bit, even though you would think that it would favor the offense. So the defense is full of a lot of newcomers, a lot of new faces um, from what you guys saw last year. Jesse Bates, of course, Calais Campbell, Caden Ellis, Jeff Okuda, David Onyemata. They're all playing really well. It's going to be an interesting matchup. Um, I would expect maybe a little bit more sacks on Sam Howell, given mm-hmm. kind of the nature of Washington's offense. But keep keep second down in mind, because I, that is going to be the down that I'm going to be watching most closely in this game. That's a really astute point. Absolutely. Because I was scared to death of the third down matchup, but I probably didn't put maybe enough emphasis on where they could take advantage. And I've been calling for Washington to come out up-tempo, no huddle, you know, tempo by design to start the game, to get off to a fast start, because – you know, I, I think you put a defense on its heels and maybe you get them before they get the, uh, you know, the oil running through the engine. I'm sure they will not do anything that I suggest, but 
I think that's one of the things that hopefully they can take advantage of, and they need to be a little bit more balanced, certainly, than uh, they have. Will, great stuff, great information. Uh, really appreciate you joining us and making some time for us. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, I mean, obviously, good luck to the Falcons. I mean, I'm a big Kyle Smith guy, so I'm always rooting for him. Uh, so, yeah, as a yeah. result, I'm rooting kind of for the Falcons, but, you know, I got to – I, I gotta, I gotta hope that the Commanders can can find a way to stay afloat this Sunday. You know, I uh, totally understand. You know, outside of the division, though, we can we can put our our friendly, you know, niceties aside there for Sunday. Go. But of course, you guys are NFC East, we're NFC South. So after Sunday, it can be totally amicable once again. Um, but thank you so much for having me on. This was a blast. Absolutely. And best of luck to you guys on right. Sunday. Thank you, Will. I appreciate you. Will McFadden, host of the Believe in Falcons podcast and also uh, writes for the Falcoholic uh, down in Atlanta. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is Electrified Diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places.